Welcome to the Book Collector Podcast. Catherine Panzer was the bibliographer, American by birth, who made the new short title catalogue happen. She was born on the 28th of October 1930 and died on the 4th of October 2005. Her obituary was written by Nicholas Barker and published first in the Book Collector in 2005 and then in At First All Went Well and Other Brief Lives, a compendium of Mr. Barker's obituaries published by Bernard Quaritch Limited. The reader is Ellen Miller. A complete list of all the books printed in and before Shakespeare's time had long been wanted. In 1918, two men, neither young, one, Gilbert Redgrave, with time on his hands, the other, Alfred Pollard, keeper of printed books at the British Museum, but anxious for more work to assuage the loss of two sons killed in the First World War, set to work. Only eight years later, a short title, Catalogue of Books Printed in England, Scotland and Ireland, and of English Books Printed Abroad, 1475 to 1650, appeared. Though long, it was a good title. It told no lies and made no false promises. An instant success. STC, as it became known, has been invaluable then and since. But its short gestation belied the complexity of the subject. Finding aids were few, and the realization that many books had been missed, and others that seemed the same were in fact different editions of the same book, showed that STC needed revision. The authors set to work, and others joined them. Among them, F.S. Ferguson, who devoted his life to it. In 1935, a young American bibliographer, William A. Jackson, joined the hunt. In 1938, he was appointed librarian of the Houghton Library at Harvard, which thus became the epicenter of work on the STC. More books were added. New locations, identified by letter and number, were found. Jackson was a good chooser of the assistance that he needed for the task, but in 1962, this gift was unnecessary. A young woman, then doing the bibliography class at Harvard, delivered a brilliant term paper. After it, Jackson turned on his friend and eventual successor, William Bond, and said, Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I certainly am, he replied. The next day, Catherine Panzer was offered the job and quickly proved invaluable. It was just as well, because only two years later, Jackson dropped dead of a heart attack, aged only 59. Inevitably, no plans for succession were in place. Jackson was a great man and had easily shouldered the burden of incorporating STC within the Houghton Library and finding external funding, notably from the Ford Foundation. Appointing an assistant to succeed the leader of an important research project is not always wise, but on this occasion there was no doubt. Kitsy, as she was to all who knew her, slipped into Jackson's shoes with no fuss, all his determination and eventually total command. It was to prove her life's work and the fulfillment of her life hitherto. She was born in Indianapolis in 1930, 
the daughter of the most successful lawyer in the city, a collector too, who gave his turners to the art museum there. Her mother, a beautiful and equally successful amateur actress. She was herself a success at Tudor Hall School, both academically and at swimming, before going to Vassar in 1948, where she became Phi Beta Kappa in her junior year. She majored in English with Greek and German, graduating in 1952. As she had always loved books, she decided to try the book trade. In 1953-4, she worked for Harcourt Brace. But I really didn't get to see the book trade, she later said, except for the time Carl Sandburg walked into the office. She tried graduate work in education at Harvard, then taught English at Beaver Country Day School. In 1958, she returned to do the courses for a PhD at Harvard, only turning to bibliography in her last year. Surrounded now with old books at the Houghton, the intellectual challenge of STC was just what she needed. The task of obtaining and recording information, making sure that it was right, and setting it out on its minimum distinctive form filled long days. After Jackson's death, Harvard appointed her research bibliographer, and she too was set to work. Work so far had reached the letter R. It took another decade to reach Z. She now began to make regular visits to Britain, finding her way to all likely and most of the unlikely places where STC books were to be found. She made a host of new friends who became her constant correspondents in the quest. She also discovered an unexpected and uncharacteristic skill in diplomacy. STC was technically the property of the Bibliographical Society, its original publisher, but for years the major part of the work and cost of revision had been borne in America by Harvard and external donors. It would have been easy quietly to drop the society and make it an all-American project. She would have none for that and fought like a tiger for the society's role to be maintained. Her English friends were rightly touched by her altruistic tenacity, but could only admire the hours of work spent on the administrative detail involved. Forms many pages long had to be filled in, especially when the National Endowment for the Humanities became a major funder. Ungrudgingly, she took on this extra burden. In 1976, the first volume of STC was published. It covered I to Z. These were the letters she herself had worked on and felt sure of. She was surprised by the welcome the second half of the alphabet got. The Harvard English Department agreed to accept it in lieu of a dissertation for doctorate, as well they might, since it contained a lot more serious scholarship than the usual thesis. STC and she received the unexpected accolade of a portrait in the New Yorker. None of this went to her head, and she just went on as before. She had her own highly individual view of the task. I shall be getting to L for an afternoon or so, but again, I don't want to be embroiled even with the nasties on a full scale, she wrote to a friend. L was the British and Foreign Bible Society nasties Bibles with false imprints. Later this week, I'll start wading through the Bible, and I'm already gritting my teeth. Shakespeare got off with a caution, but John Speed's monopoly of the divine genealogy filled her with exasperation. Her views on the Book of Common Prayer were unprintable, but her chart of its many editions is a masterpiece. In 1986, A to H came out. 
the revised STC was complete. 36,000 entries against 26,000 in 1926. She wrote a memorable preface describing it, the definition of locations characteristic. In the entries, the Atlantic Ocean is represented by a semicolon. Up to five locations on each side have been listed with a view to geographical distribution. The Bibliographical Society had matched her loyalty by raising the considerable sum needed to print the two volumes. Nor was her task over. She embarked on a third volume of Addenda and Coragenda, a chronological list of editions, an index of printers, and their addresses. This last awoke a new enthusiasm, the topography of the trade, in particular St. Paul's Churchyard, in all its upstairs-downstairs complexity. In 1991, it came out, and her task was done. There were no more mountains to climb, no more sloughs to traverse. She retired formally in December 1991, but still came back to Houghton from time to time. The Bibliographical Society awarded her its gold medal. The Bibliographical Society of America gave her honorary membership, and the John Simon Guggenheim Foundation a fellowship. She was in turn endowed fellowships at the Houghton Library and the Bibliographical Society of America. But STC was not all. She practiced bookbinding and linotype printing, contributed to the forthcoming series of modern Greek poetry and translation, and made her own version of the Greek New Testament. Her reading was wide, from classics to Donna Leon, the Da Vinci Code and the Taliban. She was a great aunt and great aunt. Her siblings gave her batteries for her radio to keep up with the Boston Red Sox. She had no pretensions and put up with none. She didn't give a hoot for reputation, past literary or current scholarly, or if one hoot, her own unmistakable hoot of derisive laughter. The STC will be her memorial, teased about her impious views on the Holy Writ. God has nothing to do with it, she said. I'm not interested in text. I'm just interested in sorting things out. She did. That was Ellen Miller reading Nicholas Barker's obituary of Catherine Panzer. Tune in next week for another Book Collector podcast.